Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to gather together in this way. Um, we're, we're moving out of the Gospel of Matthew. Um, as we know, every day, every week, it seems like there's something new in the news cycle around the coronavirus, whether it's new orders to stay at home or some of the um, pretty uh, scary reports in New York City, uh, reports on the economy or the unemployment um, skyrocketing. Um, Today, and I think during this season, we're going to be jumping, it felt good to jump out of the gospel according to Matthew, and to be looking at the Psalms and other passages in in the scriptures that really help us think about how to live and how to think and how to feel during this pandemic, and, and really how to live by faith in it. So we're, first, we're going to look at Psalm 46, and I'm going to be reading from the Christian Standard Bible, um, but it'll also be up on your screen, and we're going to see how in times of trouble and uncertainty, how God is our refuge. That's really the big point of this morning, how God is a refuge for sinners. And so let's look at God's word, beginning in verse one of Psalm 46. And the Holy Spirit tells us through the sons of Korah who wrote this, that God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its waters roars and and foams and the mountains quake with its turmoil, there is a river. Its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. Nations rage, kingdoms topple, the earth melts when he lifts his voice. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come, see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. He makes wars cease throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. Stop your fighting and know that I am God exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. This is God's word. As we read and as you heard, did you notice the, the context of, of this psalm and what's happening? You see it in verse one as, as it kicks off. At the very end of verse one, you see it on here. God is our refuge and strength a helper who was always found in times of trouble. Times of trouble. That, that's the context of this psalm. It, it's not times of ease. It's not times of comfort. It's not times of stability. It's the opposite. Times of discomfort. Uh, times of instability, of, of uncertainty. See, this is what I love so much about the psalms, is the psalms, they quickly connect to real life to our troubles, our uncertainties. Real spirituality doesn't act like everything is okay. Real spirituality looks at what's happening and wants to process it in light of what we know about God. See, we don't know in this psalm, we don't know the exact time of trouble the authors of the psalm are going through. And you can see, if you have a physical Bible, you can just look up real quick. You can see that this was written by the sons of Korah. And I like to think of these guys as the Mumford and Sons of the Psalms. Why? 
No reason. No idea. I, just sons is there, so I like to think of them that way. They're probably not as hipply dressed, but it's a group of sons writing some music. And from the feel of this psalm, you can tell that they're writing about two troubling, two troubling times. And the first one's more broad, worldwide troubles. And the second one is more personal, probably a, a kind of military battle, some kind of their backs are up against a, the wall in a war and they feel like they're in a bind. And so here's what Mumford and Sons do. Here's what Cora and Sons do. They face the time of trouble. They look right at it, head on. They don't distract themselves from it. They don't look away. They don't distance themselves from it either. They look right at the time of trouble and they let their theology of God teach them how to think, teach them how to feel, and teach them how to react. And and so listen, I know some of us are taking the strategy not of the sons of Korah, but of an ostrich. We're just going to push our heads into the sand. We're just going to plunk our heads down into something else and not stare at the pandemic. We're going to try to ignore the time of trouble. Ignoring the time of trouble is not going to make it go away. This pandemic is not like a wasp in your backyard. Every time, you know, my son runs outside and he sees a wasp, but I just got to tell him, you leave it alone and it's going to leave you alone. It'll ignore you. Listen, this, what we're going through is not just going to leave us alone. We must face the time of trouble so we can find comfort on the other side because of this. Because of what verse one teaches us. It teaches us three things about God in a time of trouble. And here's what I want you to see. I want you to see the first thing that we learn about God in a time of trouble. It's in verse one. God is our refuge. This is where we begin with theology, with doctrine, with teaching about God, what we need to know about him, who God is for us. First, he's a refuge. And this is a great word. It's one we don't use a lot in our culture. When's the last time you said the word refuge? I mean, maybe you said, oh my, maybe your, your master bedroom, that's your refuge away uh, from when the kids would go crazy all day or your home is your refuge. In the Old Testament, this word is also translated as shelter. Maybe even protection from danger or rain or or so on. So what's being communicated here about God being our refuge is that the one one true God, what what God are we talking about? The one true God, the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the God of the Bible, is a refuge for people in times of trouble, in times of a pandemic, in, in times of sheltering in place, he is a shelter. In a time of being ordered to stay home, he's a refuge. See, knowing his goodness and knowing God's power and knowing God's love can be a refuge, a shelter for us, even while people have to shelter in place. We could, we could say it this way. God is a refuge within our refuge. We're all isolating We're all practicing social distance and and our homes have become places of refuge from the coronavirus. You are watching right now from your place of refuge. It's like when kids play tag. The best games of tag have a base. The place you go for safety. I'm at base. I'm at base. You can't tag me. I'm I'm at base. You take a break. You catch your breath. 
You're, you're untaggable there. Base is the place of refuge. Well, for Christians, for people who know they've been saved by the death and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth, he is our ultimate refuge. God is our refuge, giving stability, giving peace, giving comfort. So see, beloved, our Father in heaven is our ultimate and sure stability. Jesus Christ is our ultimate source of peace and the Holy Spirit within us, at work in us, is called the comforter, bringing us comfort even right now. Because listen, the economy cannot be our stability. And for you can see a lot of people in the United States, it, it has been. The economy cannot be your stability. The case count as it rises and lowers, when it lowers, that cannot be what brings peace down into our souls. If the economy crashes, if cases soar, if all around my soul gives way, Jesus is still, still my hope and stay. He's our refuge. We shelter in place in him. So go to him. Pray to him. He's the only way we will make it through this with a bit of sanity because he is our refuge. Look at the second thing that God is for his people in verse one. God is our refuge and strength. Oh, we need this right now. Strength. After two days of doing remote learning with my kids, I need strength. I needed strength not to convince myself that Fortnite really can be a great educational tool. Fortnite teaches you strategy, teaches you patience, teaches you angles, teaches you geometry, teaches you physics, teaches you economics with your V-Bucks. It has art. Um, you can spray paint stuff in Fortnite. It teaches you music with dancing. I, see, I was thinking through all of this. I needed strength to get the 10-frame math going. I needed strength to get the Latin homework going. But, but deeper, the, deeper than that, God does care about that. But listen, in this time of trouble, God can give you strength. God can give you an undepletable amount of fortitude in the risen Christ. We are all going to get tired if we are not exhausted already. I mean, we are just a few weeks into who, who knows how long this could last. We will get tired and worn down from all, all kinds of ways. One, we're probably all tired from the news cycle, but we want to know what's happening. We need to know what's happening. We're worn, some of us are worn down from worrying, especially, and I've texted with some of you, especially who have family and essential businesses and uh, police officers, paramedics, people who work in hospitals. You're tired just from working at home and, and sounding like Ross Perot. Can I finish? Can I finish? And talking to your kids. The, the Bible says to us worn down, tired, and exhausted people, look to God for strength. You're probably plowing through more coffee than you ever have. Look to God for strength too. He will give you strength. He, he will equip you to do what you cannot do. God is our strength. Uh, do, you, do you remember gyms? Do you remember these things? 
I, I remember them. I, I for, forget about the freshman 15. We are all in danger of staring at the COVID-19 pounds at the end of this. Uh, I saw a hilarious meme on Facebook the other day that said, let's all remember when swimsuit season gets here that the gyms were closed during Reese's peanut butter egg season. And that is true. When I think about strength, and Nally and I go to our, would go to our gym, we would take this pre-workout stuff to give us that little extra oomph to do our workouts. And then our friends would be there to encourage us and exhort us to cheer us on. You can do it. You can do it. And we would get through it together. See, in, in times of trouble, the Bible says God is your strength. He is the pre-workout you need to make it in times of trouble. He, he is the one encouraging you uh, from his word and on the side, telling you, you can, I'm with you, you can go. But more than that, he is in you by the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. He's at work in you as your refuge, as your strength, and as the third thing that God is for us in verse one, in times of trouble, look at what it says. God is our refuge and strength, a helper, a helper who's always found. I love that it says a helper who's always found. God is the most reliable person in the universe. Right where you need him, right when you need him. The Bible says God is a helper who can always be found. And I think helper is really summarizing the, the first two things, refuge and strength, and that he's our helper. So is this how, is this how you see God not just when things are good, but right now, right now in this crazy pandemic we're in, is this how you see the Lord? As someone ready to help you. As someone who can be found. As someone who is both able and willing. To someone who can truly be a helper has to be able and willing. If, if someone wanted me to help them install a fan in their living room, I'm willing, but I'm not able. I, I, I don't have the ability. I can't help you with that. The person has to have ability, the skill, and the desire to help. And God is both able and willing to help in this time of trouble. He can be found. You must call out to him. You must shelter in him. You must read and, and believe his word. You must pray and place your trust in Jesus who was willing to die for sinners and was able to pay for our sins. The Bible wants you to know, God wants you to know that he is our refuge in our suffering, that he is our strength even in our temptations that we're facing, and that he is a helper for us as we even pursue holiness in the midst of all this because he is our savior. And that since these things are, are true about God, since these things are true about God, in the midst of this pandemic, he's our refuge, he's our strength, he's our help. Verse two tells us this. Since this is true, verse two says, therefore, since we know verse one's true, therefore, we will not be afraid. Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, we won't be afraid. This doesn't minimize the time of trouble. It's real. It's not make-believe trouble to the sons of Korah. And none of this is make-believe. This is real, serious stuff we are in that cannot be downplayed, that cannot be belittled in any sense. 
when we see times of trouble, the headlines everywhere, we must see the truth about God and come away thinking, I won't be afraid. I know what I just read. I know the alert I just got on my phone from Harris County. I know the text I just got from a friend. I won't be afraid. I have God. I'm okay. Because look at what verse two says. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and mountains top. And, and verse three talks about waters roaring and foaming. I won't be afraid. What are the sons of Korah getting at here in verse two? Even if the earth unraveled, we won't be afraid. It feels like right now that doesn't it feel like American life that we have just walked into a spider web? You know, when you walk into a spider web, it's a little spooky and you're convulsing and flailing about everywhere. That's what American life feels like right now. The economy is tumbling. I won't be afraid. Even if you lost your job, the sons of Korah would say, We will not be afraid. Though my 401k may be shriveling, you may feel, I will not be afraid. Though it feels like the world is like a snow globe that's just been shaken violently, we will not be afraid because our God is our refuge. Our God is our strength. Our God is our help. And when verse three talks about the waters roaring and foaming, it's a biblical picture of uncertainty. And, and the scriptures, and you know this is true in, in your life too, the ocean is unpredictable. You can't control the ocean. Dirt, we can, we can control a little. We can handle it, we can move it, we can dig it, we can build on it. The ocean is another beast. When the scriptures talk about the ocean roaring and foaming, it, it is a way to talk about the unpredictableness of life. It isn't this what we're in right now. Everything is canceled, it feels like. No sports. I don't know what ESPN's doing. No birthday parties. Today's my wife's 40th birthday. No party. There's no kids' sports going on. There's no movies. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. The pandemic feels unpredictable. But if you are a Christian, you will not fear because you have God. And here, here's what this doesn't mean. When I'm, when I'm saying that the scriptures are saying we won't fear in the midst of everything we're facing, here's what this doesn't mean. I am not, so I want you to hear me, I am not saying to not fear means you're not gonna wash your hands, you're not gonna sanitize, and you're gonna live carefree. No, that is moronic. Hear me, the Bible saying don't fear that doesn't mean it's wrong to wipe down your cart at HEB. It doesn't mean it's wrong to sanitize your hands after getting gas. It doesn't mean you shouldn't sanitize your surfaces if you're really living by faith or do social distancing. That, that's not what any of that means. Doing those things doesn't mean you're living in fear. It means you're being a good neighbor. It means you're doing unto others as you would want them to do unto you. On the flip side... Not being afraid also doesn't mean we should defy the government. Doesn't mean we should defy medical advice because we're trusting in God. We're the spiritual ones. We're going out in faith. No, that's moronic too. 
back in, back in the 1500s, when the plague broke out in Europe, um, the great German reformer Martin Luther wrote an essay, you can Google this, Christian Ethics During the Plague, and it's called Should Christians Flee from a Plague, uh, written in 1527. He writes on Christian ethics during the plague, how Christians should behave as the plague was breaking out in his city in Germany. And just listen to, listen to this quote, listen to what he says. Martin Luther, he writes about the plague. Use medicine. Take potions which can help you. Fumigate house, yard, and street. Shun persons and places wherever your neighbor does, does not need your presence or has recovered. And act like a man who wants to help put out the burning city. What else is the epidemic but a fire which instead of consuming wood and straw devours life and body? You ought to think this way. I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. Listen, I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order to not become contaminated and thus perchance infect and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If the earth trembles, if the economy tumbles, if the pandemic promotes fear in others, the Christian says, I will not be afraid. Are you afraid? Have you given into fear? Confess it. Redirect your heart to the Lord and what you know about him. Do, maybe you need a refuge. I'm sure many of you watching are, are not Christians. So ask yourself, how are you mentally, emotionally processing all of this and looking for stability? You're, we're all looking for a refuge somewhere and it'll either be in White House briefing reports. It might be in the great Dr. Fauci. I, I don't know where you're gonna be finding refuge, but I, I wanna invite you just like Psalm 46 is to look to God, to look to Jesus. He's alive in heaven as an open shelter for every sinner needing cover. And Christian, if we're going to overcome fear in our hearts in this pandemic, I want to encourage us that we need to get a good eschatology. We need a good end times doctrine. And, when, when, and, I, and some of you are probably like, yes, let's talk about end time stuff. There was an earthquake in West Texas. We've got earthquakes in Salt Lake City. We've got locusts in Africa. I'm not talking about that kind of end time stuff. I'm not talking about charts and graphs, 666 on your forehead. And I'm not talking about blood moons. I'm talking about a vision and hope of everlasting life with God, which we see in verse four. Psalm 46, verse four, the sons of Korah say, now there is a river. Its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the most high. God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. Do you see, do you see what the sons of Korah are, are saying? They're looking forward to a place where the waters are now calm. Remember earlier? The water's foaming, roaring. Now there's a stream. There'll be a river in the city of God, the city that cannot be toppled, a place where it is predictably perfect and peaceful. Where is this? 
the new Jerusalem, when heaven comes to earth, when the eternal kingdom of Christ is established, and when eternity is brought to be. This is the last chapter of the Bible. The very last chapter of the Bible ties in this river in verse 4 in Revelation 22. Revelation 22, 1, John gets this vision of heaven. He, he's given its entire vision of the, the end times. And in Revelation 22, 1, he sees this city. He sees this river. Verse 1, then he showed me the river of the water of life, clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb down the middle of the city's main street. This is Psalm 46 talking about. This is what it's talking about. The tree of life was on each side of the river, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree, look, are for the healing of the nations. And there will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will worship him. This place, this is a place where earthquakes will be extinct. A place where pandemics will be impossible. Where sin is no more because Jesus has made all things new. This is what the sons of Korah point us to. And so see, Christian, our end times doctrine helps us get through these times of trouble because we know this isn't the best it gets. What we're facing now, what we're experiencing now, and the best that we could ever experience on this earth is not the best it will ever get. I don't know who said it before, but it's been said that if you are a Christian, this is the closest to hell you will ever be. And if you are not a Christian, this is the closest to heaven you'll ever be. See, Christ invites all of us to himself, to this city. That's why he says in John 14, verses one through three, listen to the Lord Jesus when he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. This is Psalm 46 as well. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If not, I would have told you. But look, I'm going, to, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. Christian, this is your destiny. As Jesus says, where I am, in the presence of my Father, in a place of perfect holiness, in a place of perfect peace, in a place of perfect righteousness, that's where I want to take you, Jesus says. And Jesus welcomes all of us. He's preparing a place for us in this eternal city. And he's coming soon. And he's willing to bring anyone and everyone who wants it. If you want it, Jesus says, come and get it. But the way to get it is not by being a good person. The way to get it is not by trying to have your good outweigh your bad. The way to get it is to come and see to come and see and to believe, to put your trust in Christ. Look at verse eight of Psalm 46. Verse eight says, come, see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. The sons of Korah are saying to the rebel armies, to, to those that are causing trouble, they're saying there's more to life than this. And 
They're reminding the people of God. Remember, the Psalms are their hymn book. They would sing these. They're reminding the people of God that in times of trouble, come and see what God has done. Come and see what God can do for you. Now, now is the time. So everyone, listen, come and see. Come and see at Calvary, the place where Jesus was nailed to a cross. See what God has done for you. As John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world in this way. If you want to know God's love, this is God's love. John 3.16, For God so loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, everyone watching this live stream who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life in that city where that river flows. So come and see what happened at the cross. Come and see the empty tomb where Jesus was raised from the dead, granting new life to everyone who believes. As the Apostle Paul says in Romans 10, 9, come and see this, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Come and see. If you want God to be a refuge, come and see what he's done. Believe. Put your trust in Christ. Look to him in this time of trouble. And Christian, those of us who, who we, have, we have seen these things, these are, aren't these our promises too? Isn't John 3.16 your promise? Isn't Romans 10.9 your promise too? That's why verse 10 of Psalm 46 says this. Stop your fighting. This is now, the, the sons of Korah wrote it as though now God is like writing this last verse. God is now speaking in this song. Stop your fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations and exalted on earth. Other translations have this as be still and know that I am God. That, that's great. The, the vibe of the Hebrew is, which is the language this was written in, is more stop fighting, is more a military context of cease and desist. Know that I am God. So here's what God is saying to us today. Stop trying to make it through this time of trouble on your own. Stop trying to take care of it all by yourself. Stop navigating through this fog we're in without looking to me. The Lord of heaven and earth says, cease and desist. Your attempts to make it, your attempts to understand all this, your attempts to find another refuge than me. He says, know that I am God, exalted above all nations, exalted above all other gods, exalted above all peoples, that I have a name that is above every name at which every knee will bow and every voice will confess in heaven and in earth and under the earth that my son, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Cease and desist and put your faith in him. He's exalted above the heavens your refuge, your strength, your help. Jesus offers this to you today. Will he be your refuge? Will he be your help? Will you be still 
Will you cease and desist and say, you are my God. You are my refuge. You are my savior. Help me, Lord. And I will not be afraid. I don't know what happens next week. I don't know what happens months from now. But I hope everyone watching will know, will know what happens after their final breath, whenever that day is. And if God is your refuge, you will know. You can put your faith and trust and hope in Christ today and he will save you. And if you haven't, time is ticking. And if you have, we will not be afraid. Let's pray together. King Jesus, help us. You are our refuge and you are our strength. You are our help in times of trouble. You are the one that we must look to now. You are the one that we need. So help us now, King Jesus, as we look to you. Some of us need to look to you for the very first time. Some of us need to call out to you for forgiveness of sins. Some of us need to say, like, like hundreds of others watching this live stream, Christ be my refuge. Christ be my savior. Christ be my strength. And so as you're watching, if you have given into fear, confess your sins now before the Lord. If you have any known sins, confess them now to the Lord. If you would like to put your faith in Jesus Christ and you want him to be your savior, all you must simply do is call out to him by faith. Pray to him, ask him, believe. Believe in your heart that Christ died for your sins and rose again from the dead and you will be saved. He will forgive any sinner that comes to him and he will welcome you, welcome you into his city where that, that peaceful stream flows and you can come to him today. Jesus, we praise you and we thank you that you are our refuge, that we can come and see what you've done and we can open your word and we can read about your life, your death and your resurrection for us and we can look at you now by faith and experience the great joy that you give to people who say collectively, we will not be afraid for God is our refuge and strength and help in a time of trouble. And it's in your name that we pray, King Jesus. Amen.